You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. It's episode 91. 91? <laughs> 91. <Wow. laughs> right, 91. We're, we're getting old. <laughs> All right. just, before we start, just before we started recording, I actually said to you, like, can you remember when I was like, oh, 25? Yeah, or... I know, right? <laughs> We're like taking a trip down memory lane before we started recording. Um, all right. So before we get started, if you are watching on YouTube, thanks so much. We would also really appreciate it if you would subscribe to our channel and like this video. While you're doing that, hit that notification bell so that you know when we upload new videos to the channel. If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much like it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchase. On this week's episode, we'll be reviewing Blade Runner Origins Volume 1. So obviously, we'll be spoiling all of that for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it came out a while ago, so... Yeah, last year. Uh, anyone that would have been interested would have read it by now. Um, ah, you never know. May... We might we might get someone. Someone might hear this and no, think, no, no. "Yeah, I'll I'll read that." Or yeah, or like someone may have heard us last week and picked it up or whatever. Or like, yeah. um, or from this episode may think, "Yes, I'm going to go grab it." Yeah, or may not. It's or may not. Possible. Um, Anything is possible. So, um, before we get into any of that. Uh, we didn't grab any news, actually. To be nope, honest, sure didn't discuss news. Like, to be I, honest, I don't think I was not paying attention for news at all. I'm not even like, gonna lie. I, I, to be honest, I'd actually kind of forgotten about it, but I don't, I don't actually remember anything sort of jumping out at me. Like, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think there was nothing. Normally, like you think, oh, so massive's happened, but like, I don't think there was anything particularly. I know there's always in there's always something news, yeah. but like, yeah. However, well, let's get to the good stuff. So yes. So what did you do last weekend? Well, last weekend was very interesting. Let me tell you why it was so interesting. Uh, I finally met you in person. I know. How weird is that, right? I know. After uh, like 10 years, it's, uh, it was wild. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so crazy. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So I was in New York. I flew last Friday. We landed actually around the same time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. And, um, so different airports, land- but yeah. Different airports. I landed in JFK. I was at LaGuardia. Uh, yeah. So and we were like texting each other in the airport, like, I've landed, you're like, I've landed. <laughs> and you got out of the airport fairly quickly. Uh, uh, yeah. Although you got stuck. We got stuck in the parking garage because uh, a van got stuck uh, and had to back up all of the traffic in order to get unstuck. So that was an adventure. So I spent three hours in customs. Yikes. And you know what? I have to say, every time I come to America, your customs is horrendous. Like, <laughs> it's just disorganized beyond disorganization. It's just, and do you know what annoyed me more was I spent three hours in this queue from sort of 9 p.m. to around midnight. And I've got two young girls, an eight and a 12 year old. At one point, me and my eight year old ducked out of the queue, um, sat on the floor so she could fall asleep um, on my lap. And then when my wife and my 12 year old went nearer to the front, we then joined the queue again. Um, and we got all the way to the front. Anyway, this older couple, they walked, got off the plane, whatever their flight was, missed out the entire three-hour queue, walked right up to the front, undid one of the ropes, and just cut in about eight people to the front. And, like, no one, no one even said anything. Like, there was some, obviously, grumbles from the people behind and in front of them, but, like, literally, I was like, do you know what? That's what I should have done. I should have <laughs> just, like, 
just been like this old couple. And um, anyway, like to compare this, when I landed in the UK um, on Tuesday, uh, no, Wednesday, sorry, uh, this week, um, we got out into the UK customs and they said they had two queues. And one of the queues was anyone with children under 12. And and literally you were off, you were through customs within like five minutes. And, oh. I even, and, even, and even one of the people in the queue did say to me, they should have a separate queue for people with young kids. And I was like, I know, like not everybody should be just put in one queue. Um, so, and the only people that were skipping the queue was people like in wheelchairs. They were getting moved to the front. Yeah. And um, no problem with that. But if there was a thought process around disabled people get to go to the front, did they not think about people with kids? Like, no, no one gives a shit like, about kids. Come but on. Like the, no, but the amount of kids that were like literally asleep on the floor in the queue and they were having to like people like dragging their kids along the floor or whatever. <laughs> or, like, and there was a point where honestly it's ridiculous the amount of families that had to take their kids and sit out on the side so their kids yeah. could sleep. So and I was just like, how how are nobody thinking about this? Like this is America, this is, man. No one gives a shit. No one gives like, a shit. That's like, that's the way it is. Or do you know what? When I was coming, um, when I was leaving America, like I do find that the customs guys in America like lack any form of personality. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, however, this one guy, like, um, so I was waiting. You know, just before the like the scanners, um, you know, like you have the pods that kind of sniff you or whatever they are and scan your bags. You know, like the pods, but not not they kind of like. You have to put your hands up and they scan scan you, do like a full body. I don't know if they really sniff you, but like they scan you. <laughs> I was a joke, the sniffing thing. Um, but like you have to put your hands in the air. They're like pods. So do you know what I mean? So you go through the metal detectors and then there's sometimes these pods. Anyway, it's all around that thing. And you have to put your bags in, you know, your hand luggage, you know, that hand luggage gets scammed. Uh-huh. And um, anyway, so there's a guy who's doing that. And we were just standing next to him. And all I said out loud was, oh, it's really hot here. And he went, mate, tell me about it. And I was, like, quite surprised that he, like, spoke because normally I don't find this. Mate. And I went and I went, I went to him, like, man, you've got to be here all day, though. I've just got to go through this. He said, oh, no, I oh, know. And then so his shirt kind of was like, the first couple of buttons were open and there was, like, a black, um, looked like a T-shirt. And, um, and I said to him, have you got to wear a vest under that? He went, oh, no, no, this is part of the uniform. And I went, oh, okay, okay. I like so I went, that's not like a vest any. And I went just like a little black part of the shirt. He went, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, okay. And um, I said, oh, okay. I thought they were making you wear vests as well as shirts. He went, no, they don't. He goes, but I wouldn't put it past them. He goes, they don't give a shit about us. Like, and I couldn't believe he said it. I told it. you. I, like, I couldn't believe he said it. Like, he, like and then he goes, and he goes, mate. He, and uh, he goes, they don't, they don't. He goes, they don't care about us. He goes, even if there's problems like going off, you know, like basically like conflict going off. He said they don't care. And I started, I started laughing, going, well, I went, just make sure you're. I said, if you see any trouble, I said to him, make sure you run the opposite direction. And we both started laughing. And anyway, like when we got through, I was like, saying to my wife, like, I can't, like, I can't believe it's the first like customs guy I met that actually like had jokes. Like, I was like, they normally have no humor, like, they just <laughs> like complete devoid of personality. Like, and um, so I don't know that guy's name, but I hope he <clears throat> has a good has a good year. So, um, anyway, so I spent three hours in customs, finally got out the airport. You're like, by the time I actually got out, you were like going to sleep. I think yep. I texted you saying, right, I've finally got out. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm in bed. Yep. As like, soon as you texted me back, I was like, I'm passing out. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> and, then, and then we got in cra- crazy taxi um, car ride. <clears throat> and um, I, I, that, I nodded off in the taxi. And 
<clears throat> this guy was driving like an absolute maniac. I woke up when he like hit the pavement or something. And um, and I actually woke up and I actually literally woke up and I actually shouted out, the fuck? Like literally like, and then um, my wife said to me like, I'm glad that you finally woke up because he was driving like that since we left the airport, like all over the place. Sounds like you just uh, got the full New York experience in the oh, first yeah. like hour of you getting <laughs> out of the airport. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then, so I think, by the time we checked in and got up to the room, it's like 1 a.m. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the longest day ever. Um, and then I was like, I need to eat. And um, so the, we said to the guy at reception, I was like, what is open? He's like, well, 24 hour stuff. He said, there is like loads of $1 pizzas around. Um, but he said, if the nearest thing is literally across the road, McDonald's. So obviously McDonald's was it. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so then the following day, uh, me and you, obviously you went off and met up with other people. Um, mm-hmm. you can tell us about that in a minute, but then, <laughs> but me, but me and you, we met up for around, I think it was around um, six, six, yeah. six thirty, something like that, um, in the evening. And then we went for a couple, uh, well, cocktails and beers. Yeah, we did some uh, pregame in it. Then we yeah. met up with some other fun folks. So then, yeah, so then we met up for about an hour at a bar called Lucy's outside Madison Square Garden, which is pretty cool. I like that bar. And um, so then after that, we walked down to Midtown Comics and we met up with Fable mm-hmm. um, and Kay. So Fable and Herm are part of the Bad Batch, which they have like their own YouTube and Instagram live streams. And mm-hmm. um, Herm's never been on here, but Fable has. He came on, um, I want to say it was in October, was it? We had Herm on a show, didn't we? We did. No, we did have Herm on a show. Yeah, we had we Herm did. on our end of year show. We had Herm on our end of year show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. No, but we have Fable's been on twice then. So Fable came on our end of year show and Fable came on. We did a double movie review with him, didn't we? Yeah. Was was it a quiet place? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, so they met up with us uh, around eight o'clock outside Midtown Comics. And it was quite funny because me and you walked up and we saw um, Herm. Uh, and then, like, Fable came, like, the other way. Like, yeah. we all, like, got there at the same time. Uh, then we went up in up into Midtown, and we all bought some stuff together and, um, yeah. like, had a bit of a laugh oh. and stuff like that. Oh, you got it. You got yeah, it. well, I actually, I didn't get this at Midtown. Um, Midtown didn't have this model. But I got, I went to Forbidden Planet earlier in the day, and I got a Yara Floor Pop. I was so excited. Because Yara Floor is my favorite. She's like my favorite new character from DC in a long time. So I was super excited to get this pop. Um, actually, what I'll do is... <clears throat> I'll get it out now. This is my Midtown Comics bag. Um, full, of, full of goodies. We're doing a bit of show and tell. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is great audio content here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I haven't even read all of these because it's just been so busy. But I did start reading this in the airport, so she helped. You did. Me. You texted uh, me and Kay because there was a thing in there about pizza. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like, uh... which, by the way, we, me, Mark, and Kay did end up having one of those, some of those dollar pizza slices, like one thirty in the morning. It was. Yeah. So, oh, oh, so I got Marauders issue one, uh, the Peach from Mako cover. Everyone loves Peach. She-Hulk issue three, as I just showed you. Got the reprint of uh, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man with the issue is this issue one uh, with the tarantula. Everyone knows this cover. Like, um, and then I also got the reprint of Amazing Spider-Man 238, Hulk Goblin, and everybody knows this cover. And I bought 
Something is Killing the Children, issue 21. And we did review the first 20 issues back in October. We did. Um, <clears throat> so this has been on a break. Have you picked up any of House of Slaughter? Uh, the first two issues, I okay. just have fallen behind with a lot of stuff. So uh, that is something I do want to get. Uh, I did enjoy the first two issues, but yeah. I have not carried on with that. Uh, so, yeah, so we met Herm, Fable. Uh, me and you went in midtown. We bought a few bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Kay from Paperbacks and Soundtracks, who's been on here before, was meant to meet us at eight, but he was late. He was coming from Jersey. It's a long trek. He was late by a whole hour. We literally walked out. <laughs> we walked out of midtown and we were like, literally like looking we're looking around and we're like okay well Kay's still not here and then suddenly out out of a crowd of people suddenly Kay just walks over it's like oh <laughs> all right like and uh, so um so then I was like right okay so um also my wife and two kids were with us and we walked them back to the hotel because obviously it's New York I wasn't gonna let them walk off on their own um it was only five minute walk so we walked them back to the hotel uh second night to them they went upstairs and then what we did was something pretty cool. Um, so Robbie, uh, Rockin' Robbie from the Pop Culture Philosophers, as you may know, every Saturday is on Dylan's Horror Show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Fable had the link for we the live stream. We totally crashed someone else's live stream. <laughs> it was crazy. hilarious. They didn't know that was going to happen. So <laughs> Fable, jumped, Fable jumped on the live stream, like on his own. And then he's like, I've got some friends. And then Herm jumped on. And then I jumped on. And then Jasmine and obviously Kay as well. And uh, we only jumped on for like five minutes, but it was a pretty hilarious. Yeah, uh, I went back and I, I rewatched that. And I'm going to have to say that Robbie was like, Mark is British. I bet Mark can drink everyone under the table. And I would like to state for the record that that is incorrect. Okay. I just want everybody to know. That that is not what happened. I, I drink as much as you. I did drink as much as you. The first drink you had, you kept saying, Ugh, so, strong. so strong. I did say it was strong. It was a cocktail. <laughs> it was a cocktail. Like I said it was strong. I still drank it. Like uh, <laughs> I drank as much as you drank that <laughs> night. But I did say that drop that drink was strong. Like I said, I, I said you can taste alcohol. <laughs> it can be looked bad now. But like I drank, I I was par for par every drink you had. Like so. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> that, that yeah, I can handle my drink. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, then so we've got after we jumped on the live stream, then we all went across back to Lucy's as it was opposite. And uh, it's, do you know how cool it is though to have a drink in a bar outside Madison Square Garden? Yeah, like during a Rangers game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then like at some point, like suddenly the bar just got filled with Rangers fans. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, I, yeah, it's like I don't know. It's pretty surreal. Like being British, obviously, and obviously not going to America as you know, obviously you live in America, but like not being <laughs> like. For me, it's quite surreal. This is the kind of stuff I watch on TV. So, yeah. like, to be with Americans talking about, like, American things. And like you just said a minute ago, we got into arguments about pizza. Like, yeah. and for me, it was, like, way over my head hearing all these arguments about pizza. Yeah, we actually pulled in people that were sitting next to us, too. We were like, okay, yeah. question. <laughs> so, yeah, we got this... What ca- we got, pizza is the best? We got this couple from Nashville joined in and suddenly ended up yeah. in this huge debate about pizza, like, yeah. and um, about deep dish versus like thin slice and all the yeah, rest yeah. of it and I was just like yeah, at one point I said look guys who cares it's pizza and like, everyone jumped on me I think I was like whoa <laughs> all right and then this guy from Nashville went come on man like if I started talking to you about bangers and mash or Sunday roast I was like all right Sunday roast I probably do debate that a little bit like so uh, <laughs> um 
they turned into like this really cool night basically yeah. like everyone was there it was just brilliant so put some photos on our instagram and facebook and stuff like that of all of us meeting up mm-hmm. um but yeah i think the drinkers were definitely me you and Kay. um uh, yeah <laughs> Herm, they let us down there so. they, i mean you know they had some pepsi so yeah, yeah all they, good. i mean they, they're they're soft drink people so <laughs> um they still had some bubbles yeah, there, 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 were, yeah, there was some, there was some yeah. calories consumed. Right, so, <laughs> but, but anyway, we wanted to laugh together. Um, yeah, it was so much fun. It really was. Like, it was literally like a bunch of adult nerds sitting around having some drinks and shooting the shit. It was, it was, oh, it was so great. much fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love that. Like, it was like one thirty in the morning. Me, you, and Kay are like on a on a side of a street in New York, having like dollar yeah, pizza having dollar pizza. Like, that okay, now that was my first time ever having dollar pizza. Like. Oh, it wasn't mine. I done dollar pizza last time I was there as well. Like, <laughs> um, the thing I love about New York, though, it's so easy to work your way around the streets and avenues. Like the grid system is great. Mm-hmm. I um, so I, I'm I'm more than happy to walk around on my own. Like I, I wouldn't say like every country I've ever been to or every city I've ever been to, I'm like comfortable to always walk around on my own first thing. But like once I because I've been to, this is my third time in New York, and the first time, even the first time I went there, I was like early twenties, and I just like had no problem going around on my own and like the person I was with at the time said like is that not bother you and I was like like walking around your own I went no it's easy like, all right well next time we got to get you on the trains I haven't done the I've never done the trains like that's the first uh, thing I do when I get to New York the first thing I do is I find a station I get a subway card and I am golden for the entire time that I'm there so I think so the first every time I've been there I have got a tour bus and normally I get a tour bus like that does like 48 hours or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, I've paid for this. I'm not going to pay for the subway. Um, but after this last time, I tell you what, the tour bus was the most disappointing cost-cutting exercise. So really first two times, well, so the first two times I've been there, they had someone at the front on a mic chatting, uh, like, a, like a real, like a real New Yorker yeah, or yeah, yeah. someone, someone with <clears throat> a New York experience at least. So I remember the last time I went there, actually it was a Kiwi, like, um, but he'd moved to New York like <laughs> No, no, but it was great. He'd moved to New York like four or five years before. Okay, okay. And he'd been, li- he'd been living in New York for, say, five years, but he was a Kiwi, but he'd been living in New York for like five years. So what was good was he was kind of chatting about his experience moving to New York. Yeah. And like showing us things that he'd learned in the last five years as we were, ta- as we were going around. And it, but it was really good. Like it was, like, it was quite interesting because obviously he was new to the city yeah. Like, you know, well, newer than, you know, than say a New yeah. Yorker. So he was able to compare his experience and stuff like that. And it was just really interesting. Uh, he didn't really talk about New Zealand, but he was just coming to it from his point of view of just coming mm-hmm. to the city a couple of years ago and what he's learned and pointing out different things. And it was really interesting. Uh, obviously, he knew about the history side because they probably wanted to, you know, that's obviously part of the tour, but like he was able to inject his own personality. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this time around, you just get given some headphones and you plug them in and you like, just listening to pre-recorded stuff as you're going around yeah and, I, and then and like and then and then they cut that up with like <clears throat> like music and stuff like that and it's like this is crap like um like so we, we did it during the day um we did up like the downtown and then we went also but then we did it uh where it goes up as well but um we did the nighttime tour as well um which i quite enjoyed the best part for me was when they went into brooklyn uh, at night across oh, the bridge nice. yeah so you got to see outside of New York the um the sky and like the skyline and everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. And like going over the Manhattan Bridge. Um, so I'm just looking. I was staying in Queens this time. So yeah. 
I, I, I'm in Queens. I, I don't know. Like, I've never stayed in Queens. I've driven through it, so I don't know. Like, I mean, it wasn't bad. Like, the hotel was fine. I was five minute walk from a subway station, so that's that's all I needed. To get in, how long did it take you to get in and out on the tube, on the subway? Sorry, not the tube. six stops. That's it. So like twenty minutes or something. Not that long. Okay. Well, I mean, depending on how long I'd have to wait for the train to show up, but like once I was on the train, just six stops. So okay. 10, 10 minutes, maybe 15. That's actually not too bad. Yeah, it's super so, easy. Um, so we had a really good night on the Saturday. Uh, so we, then after the Saturday night, we didn't see um, Favor or Kay again. Um, however, just before we move on, I would like to say that I've listened to this week's episode of Paperbacks and Soundtracks, and Kay does give us all a shout out, and he does talk about his experience of, um, of our night out. So go tune into that and listen to Kay's version of events. And, uh, <laughs> No, but he, he's it like obviously talked us up and said he enjoyed the night as well. So and even it was fun. Yeah, me and Kay walked back to the subway station. Uh, well, I, I think we were at different stations, but we like walked back to the subway station after we finished our dollar pizza. Yeah, I said goodbye to you at the hotel, and you guys yeah. carry on going. So yeah. Anyway, so two days later, me and Jasmine met up again um, for um, oh the Vanderbilt the summit summit one summit summit one Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, that was fun. Uh, do you know what? Like my so my sister went to New York in January. Yeah. Um, and she posted loads of pictures on her Instagram. And Jasmine also follows my sister on Instagram. And I Jasmine, did. And before we left, I was like, "Hey, ask your sister where that was because I want to go." <laughs> so I I looked it up previously, and I was like, mm, "It's not cheap." And I was like, mm. "And then you messaged me like a week before, like we should go." And I was like, "Okay, okay, okay, you're right." Because I was thinking like, "When am I going to next go to New York? A year, two years from now?" Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, basically. Let's just pay for it. Like, this was not a cheap holiday, like, considering everything I did. <laughs> like, I, you know, I did the Natural History Museum. I did, you know, Central Park. did the tour bus. Obviously, I did the Summit One Vanderbilt, as well as the shopping. So this is not a cheap holiday by any means. So I was like, you know, what's one extra thing? So um, anyway, so we went to the Summit One Vanderbilt, which is right next to, and I didn't realise this, Grand Central Terminal. Um, yeah. So... So we all wanted into Grand Central Terminal afterwards. But the Summit One Vanderbilt, I don't know how to describe it really. It's like four floors. And it's almost like a <clears> lie. <throat> it's almost like an interactive. Yeah. Art. Yeah. Like, um, it's really cool. It's like mirrored glass floors. And it can be really them. disorienting because like they, they, they have floor to ceiling windows and you're up on like the 91st floor. Yeah. Um, so you're above like you're above the observation deck at the Empire State Building. Um, so it's probably one of the highest spots you can get to in New York. I, you might be able to go up a little bit higher if you're at World Trade One, but I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on that one. Mm. So I think, like, so you start, you work your way up, basically up the floors, mm-hmm. uh, until eventually, till you get to the top or, or the top. There is actually a bit further to go if you want to pay for an extra experience. Uh, yeah, because in, in New York we- they charge you a whole hell of a lot more to do that. Yeah, uh, so we didn't pay for the elevator, but yeah. we went we went up as far as our ticket, and um, and basically, I would say that you're on par with the Empire State Building from what it looked like. From what I remember, though, when I did an Empire State Building tour a couple of times ago, uh, it, it was the 86th floor is where their observation deck is. So uh, it kind of looked fairly even-ish. So yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't <clears> say that you missed out if your if your goal was to have good views. Yeah, I think you got the same. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I think it was brilliant. Like the whole experience is. Uh, yeah. There's one floor with like big silver 
balloons yeah. and stuff like that and yeah it just oh, I just thought it was great like just yeah. the views were amazing and it's all so, like distortion it's all glass and mirrors and distort and everything looks bigger than it actually is it's a bit disorienting um but it's really just a lot of fun i the music that they play it's a bit loud because it's hard yeah, to yeah. hear anyone talking in any of the rooms but like it was still <laughs> a lot of fun i, I had a yeah. really good time doing that yeah no definitely uh i think i i think the, the whole <clears throat> thing was great like if you wanted something to have like really amazing views of Manhattan, mm -hmm. but also with an extra feature. It's not just like go to the Empire State Building, just stand at the rails and look down. Yeah, this is also have amazing views, but also have an experience at the same time. Yeah, so, because you get to go all the way around, so you get to see uptown, downtown, east town, east side, and the west side. Um, yeah, so you get to see all of the city. <clears throat> I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing experience so yeah. i thought that was pretty cool so yeah so it's pretty cool that you got to come with my family and you know we all got to sort of mess around together um yeah. so it's good that we i had fun being a once. fifth wheel <laughs> like, um and then like afterwards then we all went into grand central mm -hmm. terminal together yeah and then i cracked some jokes about gossip girl on the steps he like, talked about gossip girl and i was talking about the untouchables <laughs> like the, if that doesn't tell you like our range of like the kind of stuff that we like I, i've seen the untouchables like <laughs> but i just always remember that opening scene from the first episode gossip girl i was like oh serena vandal with some like spotted blah blah, blah whatever like and uh when i got home i literally put that episode on i was like okay right so um but yeah, I just remember when Kay, when I was listening back to Kay's episode of Payback to Soundtracks, he said how I said something about, oh, your portions are so big over here, which is true. Like the portions in America are much bigger than we have over here. Um, and so, yeah, like I always find it interesting just the food in general in America. Like your food is a lot more varied than ours. Like, um, and yeah, your portions are crazy as well, like crazy big. Um so I, I, I think sometimes <clears throat> I can order like one kid's meal and it'll cover like both my kids probably. Uh, <laughs> like, um, like my 12-year-old, when we went out, she, we went, oh, we went, so on our last day, we went to the Hard Rock um, for lunch. And my 12-year-old wanted to order off the adult's menu because she didn't really see anything on the kid's menu. And I was like, look, you are not going to be able to eat anything on the adult's menu. I mean, you, I mean, you would, but you're not going to get anywhere near through it. I'm not saying I, I did say to you, I'm not saying I'm not going to buy anything for you if you don't want the kids meal, but honestly, the kids meal menu will suit you better. So in the end, she did go with it. And actually she said that was fine. Like when she saw our size portions come out, she was like, yeah, actually I'm glad I didn't go with that. <laughs> so, um, and like I was just showing you before, um, you guys have got these snacks. Yeah, again, great audio content here. Gross. Like, I mean, you really picked the grossest airport snack you could possibly pick. Oh. Uh, combos. Combos, guys. He is excited about combos, the pizza-flavored combos. <laughs> They're, like, the most disgusting, but equally They're addictive They're awful. We were saying going. they smell like dog treats. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't say they smell like dog treats. So I they said they smell like dog, like dog treats. treats. Oh, they look like dog treats. Like, they smell like and, uh, dog treats. But, so I remember buying them at the airport um, last time I was in America in 2019. I mean, like, literally, I saw them just before I got on the plane. And I sent a picture of them to my brother. And my brother was like, why are you eating dog treats? <laughs> I was like, and uh, and, then, and like, everyone, everyone, like, I showed them to her, like, they look like dog treats. I was yeah. like. <laughs> They're disgusting. Combos oh, are really disgusting. The only thing worse than combos are Cheez-Its. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cheez-Its. I, I cannot time, but I did see stand them. the way Cheez-Its smell. 
Oh. Um, but like, yeah, I'm on my last packet of combos. So if anyone wants to send me some combos, um, I'm down. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> or if anybody wants to send him better airport snacks, please, oh. by all means. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway you know it was a really fun weekend um like honestly packed a lot in in those four yeah. days i think i'm still recovering now i'm like what is it we got back on wednesday and today's friday i'm like still struggling to get back to normal yeah so, well I, I uh i met up with some other people and uh one saturday before i ended up meeting up with you um there's like this huge huge street festival with tons and tons and tons of food vendors um it was close to midtown it was on sixth avenue um so i walked around there uh they had like a bunch of you know people selling wares and stuff um so it was just a lot of fun walking around that area and then sunday i got stuck in brooklyn bowling but i ended up meeting up with someone that i met when i was in south africa so it was kind of like this whole weekend for me was just to like hang out and meet up with people that haven't really seen so that was a lot of oh, fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like it's a really, really amazing <clears throat> weekend. I um, I see you, see you uh, same time next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, um, yeah, we wanted to meet up with the two brothers at War Caller, but uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately. Oh uh, so. well, just we'll have to go back. That's all. Yeah, yeah, we will have to make it like an yeah, uh, like, we'll uh, maybe go not maybe or not do thing, like New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Because so, that's October, so that's a whole other time of year. What this year? <laughs> I mean, not this year. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next year. I don't even yeah, think maybe. I'm going to be in the country when Comic Con is happening this year. Not yeah. New York Comic Con, anyway. We'll see. No, yeah, maybe next October would be cool. It'll be flipping cold by then, though. No, it won't. Uh, be. Will it not? No. One of the things I so like one of the things I was really pleased that I got to do. I know this sounds like really simple, but like I always see like I always see like um on TV, people either hanging out in Central Park or jogging in Central Park or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so on the last day, we did have like a couple hours to spare. So we went and sat for an hour in Central Park. Nice. Um, That's what I did. Oh, it's really hot on our last day, like really, really hot. Um, and it was just really like nice to just chill out. Like we got a couple of cold drinks. I bought them. So I, what I worked out was the nearer you get to Central Park, the prices go up on the vendors. So, so I went in a shop like a couple of blocks before we got there. I went and bought a bunch of soft drinks and then went into, uh, and then we took them down to Central Park. And I was like, this would have been like double. Cause I, I, I did buy from a vendor um, the day we went to the American History Museum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, flipping heck, it's like $25 for four drinks. Bloody hell. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, I bought four drinks that day. It was like $15 from a shop. I was like, I mean, that's much more reasonable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think those vendors just see people come in. Like, so. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. The one um, thing I didn't get to do, which I really, I was mad at myself. I didn't get my bodega bagel. Oh. I went, um, but I went really late in the day. It was like way, way past breakfast. Uh, but, mm. you know, they said that they had breakfast all day. And uh, I walked in and I was like, yo, man, can I get it like sausage, egg and cheese, bagel? He goes, nah, it's too late in the day for eggs. I was like, okay, never mind. Thanks. <laughs> I do like this other thing as well. I love it's like the delis, like all the, I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many delis. But I went in this deli and Oh, my youngest daughter just kept saying she wanted cereal. And I was like, I don't know if we're going to get cereal, but yeah, I went in there. They did have cereal. Um, my wife and my other daughter wanted bagels, so they had bagels. Um, and I just went up to, so they they ordered this at first. I went, 
look, man, I was looking at his menu. I went, look, man, I can't see what I want. He's like, what do you want? I went, well, I like the idea of your breakfast wrap. And I went, I just want like, he went, everything? I went, yeah, everything. He went, all right. He went, bacon, egg, cheese, um, you know, like name. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went, yeah, I'll do it. I went, yeah, cool. Like, just maybe like, just breakfast wrap, basically. Like, and I was like, this fat breakfast wrap. Like, and then we went and sat upstairs and had this breakfast wrap and all that. And it was like, that was like my first morning there. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, I love that. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and this, I know this sounds really like, um, I don't know, like not particularly like um, exciting in terms of being, you know, sticking to safe stuff, basically. That's probably, so we had one McDonald's breakfast and I know it's like, oh my God, that's so boring. But anyway, you guys still do scrambled egg in your breakfasts and we haven't done scrambled egg in McDonald's breakfast for like five plus years in the UK. Mm-hmm. And it's the same scrambled egg, but like whenever I come to America was whenever McDonald's breakfast because like <laughs> I always order the pancake thing that comes with the scrambled eggs because yeah. we don't do it anymore I don't know why I don't know why I was really annoyed when we stopped doing it and I, I have no idea why we stopped uh we do the same breakfast like the pancake sausage whatever but they just yeah. took away the scrambled egg which interesting is a mystery to me yeah that's um, weird but you also so yeah you also serve the pancakes the sausage the eggs and you sell it with something you call biscuits um yes. what do we call scones um yeah. so i kept oh, i didn't realize what you what biscuits were <laughs> did you think I, it was a cookie no i knew it wasn't no i knew it wasn't like that i just didn't know what it was and then when i got it when i got it um last week i was like oh biscuits are scones i was like how weird is that like <laughs> such a different name like how the names are different so did you know that biscuits were scones no because here scones are like triangular things they're not round like biscuits well same sort of like same sort of um no they're way more dense and crumbly to me yeah and biscuits are biscuits are like soft and fluffy yeah so yeah anyway um yeah so it came with yeah so it came um yeah so it was like pretty cool to get that i know it's not particularly like listen i make sure to try mcdonald's no matter what country i go to just because i want to see what's different in every country so i so. did i did go, i did um on the first night i went there and um, like i said we went there on the first night the menu looked fairly standard similar the only thing it didn't have actually was a vegetarian option um i don't think america's still on board with vegetarians just yet no, so. a lot of the fast food places now have the impossible like the impossible burger that's like literally like the only thing that seems to be on the menu is the impossible burger but over here like sometimes you can go places here and like half the menu's vegetarian no dude you saw the portion sizes here look we're (laughs) we're fat and happy okay like we don't give a shit about being healthy (laughs) at all (laughs) oh no there's so many people i know vegetarians so many well yeah but those people go to like vegan places they don't eat at mcdonald's uh yeah but like you can even go to a steak place in the uk and they'll have vegetarian options so no no uh, i mean if you go to a steak place and you want a vegetarian option they're probably just gonna offer you a baked potato like uh, what the fuck why would you go to a steak uh, place if you're a vegetarian <laughs> no but, well because i'm steak. obviously i'm a meat eater so like my wife's vegetarian so if we went to go if i wanted to go to a steak place they still would offer her there's still vegetarian options they would have so no if, um, if you came to texas and you went yeah. to a steakhouse Michelle would only be able to have a baked potato <laughs> and like the salad bar. <laughs> like there are no vegetarian options. Oh, uh, hopefully you guys will catch on like, no. at some point. So, like, um, 
But anyway, no, just the whole weekend was really amazing. Just everything got to pack in so much. Um, and yeah, and see, obviously meet, meet you finally for the first time. And um, in yeah, almost 10 years of knowing each other online. Yeah. And, um, so when I, when I met your kids, I told his youngest, I was like, you know, I've known Mark since before you were born. And she was like, <sighs> what? And I was like, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like um, yeah. Well, I remember telling you. I remember telling you that she was pregnant with Lexi. Yeah. So, uh, and then you got to meet her. So it's um, wild. Yeah. So it's been. Oh, it was a really amazing weekend. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do it again. Um, but it's great that we got to incorporate other people that we've met that we've yeah. met. So me and you that have met since doing the podcast as well. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, just for me. I think I guess it's different for you because you lot were all American or are American. Like, but for me, being English, seeing oh, oh, whenever I go to a bar in America, I go with obviously other English people, whether that's my uh-huh. mum and dad or my <clears throat> brothers mm-hmm. or like. So I've been I've, I remember me and my brother Neil getting really drunk in Las Vegas once. But that was just you know two English guys going out. Who like, hasn't you know, gotten drunk in Vegas though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, or, or me and my wife have been to America those times. And, you know, it's basically always just the English experience in America. Yeah. But it was great to be like going out with you guys and, you know, whether it was the dollar pizza or whether it was drinking in America at the bar, like I actually got to experience it with Americans through like and hearing like American conversation. And, and, okay. And, you know, All right. Here's the deal. Next time yeah. you are going to get the full New York experience because you have not really experienced New York until you have been on the subway train with some dancers and you almost get kicked in the face with the break dancers on the subway train. So that is what you're going to do the next time uh, you go to New York. I oh, know I do. I do want to do the subway. Like I haven't been brave enough to experience the subway. <laughs> um, that's something I just, I don't know. I hear so many terrible things. And it you ride didn't. the trains in London. I mean, it can't be that different. From what I've heard, it's a lot worse. So, like, <laughs> um, and it didn't help that, like, my last morning I woke up and there had been that unfortunate shooting at the subway in Brooklyn. Yeah, like, that, yeah, that, that was scary. So, when I woke up and I read that, I was like, see? I was also, like, oh, though, not to get on that people getting well, shot so. randomly is a very American thing as well. I think we're very desensitized to it at this point, but uh, it can be very jarring for foreigners. Oh, so, yeah, when, when I was walking <clears> down the street, um, my eight-year-old saw a policeman um, obviously carrying a gun, and she just goes to me, is he carrying a gun? I said, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, so I ended up walking neck and neck with this copper, and... Um, I just said to him, oh, hello, mate. And he's like, you're right. And I don't think he got anything that I said to him. So I said to him, um, away from England. He's like, all right, yeah. And I said, oh, I was just explaining to my eight-year-old that the American policemen carry guns because we don't have guns. And he went, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, no, it was great. I loved it. So I think we should probably stop talking about New York now. We probably talked about it for way too long. But, yeah, I think it was a great weekend. Um, anyway, all right. Should we, should we yes. jump into it? The meat and potatoes, Blade Runner Origins, Volume One. This book is from Titan Comics. It is currently an ongoing series. Uh, we are only covering Volume One, which collects issues one through four. Volume Two collects issues five through eight. You can't, if you're listening, uh, Mark is holding up his hard copy of Volume One. I have single issues, so this is my my hard copy of issue number one but i have all of the other issues up to 10 in digital um so right now the series is on issue 11 
The writers, uh, Kay Perkins, Melo Brown, and Mike Johnson. Artist, Fernando Donino. And the colors are from Mark Lesko. The summary of the series is... Was say, oh, before you, before you go any further, Melo has been on the podcast too. Yes, we did get to... He was on uh, one of our book club, Late to the Party book club episodes we, when we covered Akira, and uh, which is the episode six of our book club. And the reason I reached out to him was because I knew that I was already reading Blade Runner Origins. And I was like, ah, yes, I want somebody that knows like cyberpunk and like that kind of stuff. Um, He was also the person that recommended I watch Psychopaths, which is one of my all-time favorite anime ever. Um, Anyway, so summary of the series. Basically, Blade Runner Origins is set 10 years before the first Blade Runner film. Okay, so you got to go all the way back to 1982 to get like background. So like where the film starts, we're already at the Nexus 6 model. The Tyrell Corporation is still as shitty as they always were. Um, And you've got this whole like battle between replicants and humans and that sort of thing. Um, So this series kind of sets up how we get to the point where you've got these rogue replicants and and why they are fighting against the humans that created them. Um, my biggest question for this is like, why do we do this? Like, why do we do this as humanity? Why do we always try to create some type of artificial intelligence and then get upset when the artificial intelligence realizes, you know what, humanity, we don't really need you. <laughs> like, we, we can do this without you. Um, so to me, this is, uh, it's like a, you know, sometimes you can, if you, if you read into things a bit much, but like, it's, it's definitely a social commentary on like the working class versus the elites. Um, and I think that's probably the same type of theme that we get in the first Blade Runner film in the second Blade Runner film. It's always some type of social hierarchy where the people in charge are oppressing the people below them. And so basically this, this series kind of sets up what what specifically that looks like um that's that's how i would summarize it yeah um (laughs) what are your thoughts then on the first four issues or volume one okay first four issues in this you know that make up volume one i mean i gotta say i'm biased like this this brand of sci-fi is exactly my type of sci-fi so i find this story really compelling um, I really like the characters. I like that it's, I like that it doesn't give you too much information. Um, and it almost pulls you along. Like you're reading like a mystery or a thriller, um, where it's kind of like, it opens with, again, spoilers. It opens with the death of this very prominent, like, uh, scientist that works for the Tyrell corporation. And it, it literally just kind of plays out like a cyberpunk noir drama where it's like you pull in this grizzly old LAPD detective and he's got a like basically they brought him in because he's a problem child at the precinct and the sergeant is just like look man all we need is for you to say she died and she killed herself and sign the paperwork and be done with this case like that's that is literally all we need from you and of course nothing is that easy um so I just really kind of enjoy how it plays out and how each each issue just it's like something happens in each issue that's just kind of like oh 
All right. Okay. So this definitely goes much deeper than, you know, face value. So to me, like it, it pulled me along uh, and I really enjoy just kind of reading it to the point where it's almost like, I feel like I'm reading a novel, not that it's wordy, but like, I feel like that's, that's the kind of pace that it has where it's like, it's explaining just enough with the dialogue. Um, but it's also compelling enough that I definitely want to keep turning the pages. Yeah. I, so I don't love the book as much as you did. Like I didn't, I think like I was saying, I think cause you've read up to issue 11 already. Um, 10. Obviously only reading the first four issues. I think I read something online, which kind of summarize, summarized, I think how I felt like it wasn't amazing and it wasn't good for me, but I guess I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I think probably there's enough here to maybe make it good as I, if I was to read beyond these first four issues. Okay. But but as I was going through it, so one of the first things I thought of when I was reading this was a comic, which I loved called Dark Minds. Um, Oh, I've not heard of that. So so Dark Minds came out a long time ago. I was like 16 or something that came out. so that might be why you've not heard of it. And it came out from a comic book company called Dreamwave Productions, which went bankrupt. Um, <clears throat> Pat, Pat Lee was spending spending money he didn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pat Lee, was like one of the founders of Dreamwave uh, Productions, uh, initially started under Image Comics, went off on their own, and he decided to not pay people and buy himself like Ferraris and stuff like that. Um, like so come on um, like, so but in the beginning when I guess he was paying people, uh the only I read a couple of the comics came from Dreamwave. Um but the one I loved was Dark Minds. I literally bought every issue of Dark Minds that came out and it was set in a very similar sort of futuristic mm-hmm. um <clears throat> world like like this and, and here like i'm going to show this page here on the video oh yeah that's uh, one of my favorites in the first issue so it's I a love, two-page I love. spread of just like cityscape where you see like yeah. flying car and skyscrapers yeah really i love nice. stuff like that it's very much yeah. like fifth, fifth element when when yeah. bruce wayne bruce, bruce willis bruce willis is uh bruce wayne bruce willis, bruce willis is driving Urban his taxi Dallas. Yeah, yeah, like uh, on the city in New York City, and this obviously is Los Angeles. But I love things like that, you know, cities that we know, like Los yeah, Angeles, yeah. New York. But it's like set. I know this is actually set in a fictional 2007. Yeah. Um, which is crazy to think that it's in a fictional 2007. It's only because of the the 1980s movie. Yeah. Was obviously set. You know. I think it, that like, one was yeah like, 2019 or 20. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's something like that, and um, so obviously. I think was, when did the film come out? Nineteen eighty-three or something. The original. Eighty-two. No, okay, so like obviously, two thousand nineteen was like, whoa, that could be crazy stuff like that happening. Um, and like, so to set in two thousand and seven, a fictional two thousand and seven, where you've got like flying cars above yeah. you, know, like seats. The, the artwork for me across the whole book is amazing. Yeah. Um, I love the style of it. I love yeah. sort of the sort of the technology and everything that they put into it. I love the whole the world and yeah the just everything they create i just think it's just really amazing like um i just i just think i don't know just for me the artwork is just my favorite and i just love i love the colors like the way that the the city is just like it lights up it it's very neon um 
So yeah. I, I do love that. But also at the same time, like when, when they head over to the slums, the color scheme changes and it's dark and brooding and it's hard to see people's faces. Everything is in the shadows. Um, so I think, I think the artwork itself and especially the coloring um, kind of sets a really, really great mood while you're flipping through the pages. I think there's so many like great artistic moments, even like towards the end of the first um, four issues, this character here running through the water and you can see like the puddles splashing and the words splash obviously across the thing as well. And mm-hmm. and then you could just, I don't know, when she gets shot as well. Um, oh man, that's, yeah, that whole sequence. Like, like, but it's, it's so, art- the art I can't fault at all. Um, for me though, like, the story just feels a bit all over the place um, and maybe not enough character work was done in these mm-hmm. first four issues. So not enough for me to really latch on to anybody, particularly other than the detective, Cal. Yeah. Um, I just found you only really got surface level and I kind of wish in some ways they'd not introduced as many characters in these first four issues and mm-hmm. tried to calm it down a little bit. So... Um, I, th- I felt like in the first four issues, they were probably just trying to do too much, like world building as well as building a case. And, you know, I, d- I just felt like there was too much going on in these first four issues. So for me to really, like, get into it, um, like I say, I enjoyed it, but I just I just think there was too much going on. That was kind of my thoughts on it. I almost feel like there wasn't enough going on. Um, <sighs> like, but again, like I said, this is one of my favourite type like genres so it reminds me of so much other stuff that i've seen or read it mostly because of the the way that the plot is laid out it reminds me so much of irobot uh because irobot was it started pretty much the same way where very prominent doctor uh who is like the head of robotics dies everybody says it's a suicide and then they're like no this guy was definitely murdered um there are robots involved uh so it's it's really interesting to me because like i i guess like when when i'm reading along what kept jumping out at me was like they keep talking about this nexus 5 model Mm. and in in blade runner the film we're already up to the nexus 6 so you know it's a just kind of show you how far back they're going but like this nexus 5 is a new model that the doctor who was murdered was working on and by the end of the first issue they're like oh yeah by the way like that model escaped and so in the very next issue you meet a replicant um who goes by asa and it's kind of like oh you must be the nexus 5 but then it's like we Hmm. don't find out until uh i think the beginning of the fourth issue it was that no that's not the nexus 5 so like we have a replicant that we think is the missing piece, but it's not the missing piece. So mm-hmm. now like to me that that is definitely one of the things like, cause it's, it's like a guessing game. Like now I want to know like, well, who is, what is the Nexus five? Like who is the Nexus five? Um, so I thought that it was not enough information, but in a good way to me, it, because it made me even more curious than I, than I already was. So mm-hmm. The way that they laid the story out made me want to keep reading. Um, and it just, it, to me, it just feels like an old school, like whodunit. And I think the whodunits are some of the most basic, but like best types of storytelling because you get to incorporate so many different elements in a whodunit. Plus it's the easiest way to bring 
the audience along and, and get them invested right away. Because like, we're, you know, naturally curious. And it's like, well, I want to know, I want to know who did it. Like, I want to know who's responsible, who's behind this. And I want to know what the hell the Nexus five is. Uh, yeah. I, I, I am going to carry on going with this. Like I think I probably would reread this again um, and then go straight into the, the second volume. So mm-hmm. I, like I said, I didn't never say I hate it. Like, the only thing I think I've hated in the last 12 months was Cult of Dracula. Like, oh, wow, I, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, I just, I think t- to give this a reread is probably the best thing for me to do. But do you know what it has, if anything, is made me want to rewatch the movies. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I do love the world of Blade Runner. Um, I've only watched the sequel of Blade Runner once, but I've watched that original film several times. Like, yeah. Uh, have you seen both the films? Yes. Um. Do you like the sequel or not? I do. Okay. I, I love the cinematography of it. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But I still think I like the content of the first film better, but it's definitely much prettier to watch the second film. Oh, yeah, like 100%. Yeah. I think the first one's a lot darker and grittier. Yeah. Um, the second one is kind of has its grittiness and darkness, but it's kind yeah. of a lot more sort of, beautiful sort of moments as well like yeah. like the colors as well i think in the first, yes in the definitely so um so there's a lot of characters in this first four issues is there anyone that kind of jumps out at you uh two favorites if i had to pick i have one good guy favorite and one bad guy favorite um so good guy favorite definitely cal cal moreau is the main character in this yeah. series he is the lapd cop that is trying to get to the bottom of this um and then Alora Stahl, who is the representative from the Tyrell Corporation, who I am convinced that she is a replicant. I'm just just throwing that out there. Maybe she's the Nexus Five. I don't know. Um, but like, I love a good bad guy. And by the fourth issue, when she comes in, guns blazing, and takes out another character, I was like, oh yeah, this bitch. Yes, this is <laughs> this is like my kind of bad guy. Like no holds yeah. barred. Like I'm not gonna waste my time monologuing. Like give me what I want or I'm going to keep killing people basically. So I just love it. I love her. No bullshit attitude. I, for me, the only character I really latched onto is Cal. I just loved his sort of commitment and yeah. no, no bullshit. Like when he comes in and he's getting challenged about the crime scene and stuff like that. And yeah, I just, I thought he was a pretty cool character. It reminded me of just, I don't know, characters like Bosch and stuff like that. Yes. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, um i i like characters like that they like i don't give a crap like what yeah. you say like yeah. i just yeah him for me was the most compelling character in this book and i don't know i probably would like to have seen more of him um i don't know if, I, if, I, if you keep reading you 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 may yeah. you may get your <laughs> wish <laughs> I know. Like, i yeah, no, i'll pick up volume two but like i yeah i think i'd like to see more of him i, I kind of i don't know i guess if you were to you know, we always talk about what would you do to change and stuff like the the, the you know, this story and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think how I probably would have handled this was maybe to have maybe not jumped into Blade Runner um, straight away. Um, maybe make the first four issues around Cal um, and not necessarily jump straight into Replicants and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you just spent four issues, maybe him on a normal crime or mm-hmm. a crime that he thinks is normal and 
then it turns out to be a replicant by the end of issue four or something like that. Maybe to just completely stay away from that replicant world and you're setting a normal, you know, you're getting to know Cal. And, and yeah. just, that for me would have been a lot stronger to have, because if this is an ongoing title, why rush yeah. why rush into it? That's so That's- funny because I 100% disagree. I, I would, if I were to cut anything out, I would cut out all of the background, like him in the slums and him like hanging out and talking about how he grew up there. Like, I don't care. I don't care about the background story at all. Like it's, it's evident that he has a conviction that none of the other cops in his division have even without like his background story. So I think that, I mean, for at the, at the beginning to me, that's irrelevant. Like, and then at the very end of the fourth issue, when like he throws his badge in the trash, I'm like, Oh yeah, man, shit's about to go down. Like this is, this is it. When he really is just like, you know what? Like, like it like i'm not doing this as a cop anymore i think i always say stuff like this though like i want to get into a character that then that character that can then carry me through the story mm-hmm. so i'm i love big stories don't get me wrong like i mean you hear me talk about lost a lot like you know i love big stories but mm-hmm. i think that you need a character to like latch on to to like pull you through that big story so yeah i think um, uh i think it was easy to attach myself to his sense of I know you want me to do a job, mm. but there's something wrong here and mm. I'm going to figure out what's wrong versus mm. like, I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. So I think like that, that kind of attitude is what definitely made me be like, oh yeah, Cal, I'm with Cal hundred percent. Like whatever Cal wants to do, like I'm behind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, I guess I don't know. I wouldn't say favorite issue or anything. Oh, but I did so, have a favorite scene. Yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously, I kind of, for me, because obviously it was one graphic novel, I don't know, it's hard to tell where the issues were, but did you have, yeah, a favorite, favorite moment across the whole thing? Yeah, so in these first four issues, my favorite was after, so the doctor who died uh, had a brother. Her brother's name was Marcus. Uh, Cal and Marcus meet up. And Cal takes Marcus to the station and he's like, wait here, I got to go talk to somebody. And when Cal leaves, Marcus gets taken by Tyrell Corp and he gets like interrogated by uh, Stahl. And while they're in the car, like she is having a full on one sided conversation with Marcus. And like in the panels in the background, you can see like this figure getting like closer and closer and closer to the vehicle. And eventually it just like smashes through the window and makes the flying car crash like that introduction of this replicant that calls itself Asa, that is possibly Lydia's consciousness that was transferred to a replicant body before she died. Um, that introduction just was like, so cool to me. It was just like, cause it came out of nowhere. Like you, you could see that person's face, like in the background of so many other pages while Marcus is kind of going through like, you know, how him and his sister grew up and this, that, and the other so you, you know that there's something up with that guy, but then like, just like I said, out of nowhere, he just comes in, makes the car crash. And like, it's just like this whole explosion scene. I just thought that was so cool. I I would say like, there's quite a few things to me. I quite like the, um, I like at you. Hold on a second. There's some panels that I want to show you. Oh, so obviously, you know, you talk about the dark and grittiness. Like, see this 
Yeah. Panel here. Yeah. So, walking in the rain. Yeah, yeah, walking in the rain. Honestly, I love this. This is oh, what yeah. I think the artwork in this book is amazing. Like hands down, this is the best thing about the book is the art is the art. So I love this walking in the rain scene. Uh-huh. It's just really like you can feel that rain hitting you there. Yeah. Um, and then I love this panel here. Um, yeah, see, that's right before the scene that I like. Yeah. Yeah, the futuristic car. What's this character called again? I forgot that name. Stall. So like so I love just her her in general, her mysteriousness and mm-hmm. just her in front of this car. It's just such an amazing honestly, just this scene is so good. This is like poster or fr- like I'd frame something like this. Yeah. Um and then this here is pretty cool as well, the foam, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like um I don't know. Like again, we, we're like this here, with yeah. the, like a, in front of the fire, yeah, um, with his hand out and everything like that. Like, there's so many good visual moments in this book. Um, there's another one. Oh yeah, yeah, this here. This reminded me of Tron. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So the car here is very yeah. much like Tron. Honestly. The bikes like, in Tron, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, the artwork for me was just amazing. Like, do you know what though? One other panel here. With Cal, like mm-hmm. in his apartment, his shit old apartment, laying on yeah. the sofa, like how normal this is. So, right. how many times do me and you just like fall asleep on the sofa watching TV or something like? Oh, you yeah. know, this All is like a no- normal person thing to do, and he's yeah. just, like slumped out on his sofa, and I was just like, for me, I was like, this is pretty cool because like I fell asleep on the sofa earlier today. <laughs> so it's like half six to half seven, just fell asleep yeah. on the sofa. Like I just probably fall asleep on the sofa like once a day anyway. So um that's what I do, like what everyone does. So as just, you I do. Just, I just love like that, like that moment for me. It's like some normalness in a in a crazy ass book like this. So yeah. look, I mean, I admit there's a lot going on. There's a lot of world building going on straight away. I think for me, I'm someone who needs to be like eased into these things. Like it was kind of like all go straight away. So, and I love that. I love a good cold open, like drop me in the middle of the action and then let me figure out what's going on the same time that the character is figuring out what's going on. I love that. I think everyone, yeah, I guess everyone's like coming to it from a different point of view. Yeah. So, um, I think probably because of that, it might be something worth me rereading. So I've only read it once. Uh, I always, I always remember like um, Vern from um, the Three Bros podcast. I know that he tends to read everything twice uh-huh. and he has like an opinion on, on the first read and he tends to have a different opinion on the second read. <laughs> So maybe it's something that I should have done was read it twice. I just didn't have the time. I think like the more you have to sink your teeth into the better, like, because this is, I mean, like I have not kept up month to month, but I do catch up with this series. Um, But reading the first issue and not having the second one yet, it was definitely like, that's it. Like I really, really wanted more than that. Like it was a very compelling ending in the first issue. Um, because it literally closes on, oh yeah, and by the way, the Nexus Five escaped. And so, yeah, it definitely makes you want to read more, but at the same time, it was just very like, that's it. it Cause it, it, the book itself is not that thick. It, it's not like a lot of pages to sink your teeth into. So I think definitely picking it up collected should help other readers if, if they're interested, especially because they're only collecting four issues per volume. So it's not a bit, cause you know, a lot of times we get used to the big guys and they're they collect six issues per volume mm-hmm. um so this one is not as meaty as some of the other books that people might be used to but i think because they have less space to tell a story 
that's probably why it moves as fast as it does. Um, I, mean, I it, think four issues, like, I think the collected four issue volume was too short. I think six issues yeah. would have been better. Yeah, because so. I feel like I think it's going to be a 12 issue run. So I don't know why we couldn't have just done six and six mm-hmm. instead of doing three volumes out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see like assuming it's money thing could like. be, but also Titan is a smaller publisher, so that could that could have something to do with it too. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I I can definitely see like pacing being being an issue if you're trying to give it a shot. Um, but like like I said, I am biased because this is one of my favorite genres of like media, of film, of books, of comics, of manga. Like I love this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I was drawn to it from the beginning just because I knew the subject matter would be something that I really liked. And to me, it didn't disappoint my expectations. I like to say, I, I enjoyed it. I just don't think it was amazing. But then I think I need to probably reread because I think there was a lot going on. But I also want to read more because I think there was, it was too short in content. Yeah. Uh, I think, like you say, six and six would work better. So. I, I think so. Um, yeah. I definitely think six and six might've been a little bit better because it, it definitely picks up. I think, I mean, I don't want to give too much away uh, in case we do like a volume two, but like yeah. it, it definitely, you, you get a lot more to sort of like play around with, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you any thoughts on this linking with the films at all or? Um, I, if they had to do a prequel, I'm glad they did it in this format versus like doing a film prequel to Blade yeah. Runner. Um, but I do think it's an interesting setup because it is before the big rebellion. Um, mm. so you do get to see like, because at the very end of the fourth issue, that's when you see replicants having secret meetings and talking about their revolution and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting to have the replicants background story because I think like watching the first Blade Runner film, it was almost like you didn't have that kind of attachment to the replicants. Um, and I, I think here it makes it a little bit easier for you to want to back their cause uh, because the way that this sets it up, it's like, telling you the story from the underdog's perspective versus the film that tells you the story from, you know, the elitist perspective. Um, so I think it's a totally different, it's a totally different vibe. And I think it works prequel wise here. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Sometimes prequels don't necessarily always need to be done in movies or TV mm-hmm. shows, or I think anime is not a bad form of prequel like, mm-hmm. or storytelling. Like we have a Pacific Rim. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's not a prequel, but that was um, a follow on. But yeah, um, I think actually sometimes I think anime is quite a good form of storytelling when it's set in a universe that we're already familiar with. Um, right. But graphic novels, I think, are a good format in terms of like do we really would we have really needed a big blockbuster movie with right i don't know fucking... but b- before the slap this definitely would have been will smith uh, do, you know, do you know what i literally was about to say will smith and yeah. i i held off saying his name <laughs> I, I was literally going to oh, honestly i swear to god i was literally going to say could, would we really have needed a prequel movie of will smith as the star set 
10 but if they did do one without will smith i think um oh geez yaya abdul mateen who played black manta in aquaman i think he would be oh, yeah, a really yeah. good cal yeah so like yeah definitely will smith would have been someone they would have gone to yeah um i think he's gonna have to wait about 10 years for people to forget stuff now what a silly move, honestly. I think it'll be fine. He's he's a Scientologist. Like they have so much money that Hollywood is going to turn around real quick. You just watch, because that's think, how Scientology money works. I think it'd be a year or two before you see him get some. Work yeah, again. but that's nothing. That's nothing in Hollywood terms. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I mean, look at, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's going to have to let things massively cool down. So I didn't yeah. realize Will Smith was a Scientologist. Um, yes. but I suppose of course he is. So as far um, as the ending, like. After you finished the fourth issue, did it make you want to pick up issue five? Yeah, yeah, no, I want to carry on reading it. Like, I want to read volume two, but I think when I read volume two, I will reread volume one and then mm-hmm. do volume two. So maybe we should come back and do volume two at some point and see if my view has moved from just being enjoyable to yeah. good or amazing. So, okay. Um, anyway, so in terms of, let's just rate this book. So rate it t- twice, art and yeah right writing so what would you do art wise art uh for the for the genre that it's doing five yeah i i would, I would agree i love this like the art honestly the amount of panels i just showed you so yeah. five out of five for this and how would you rate it writing wise four and a half i'm gonna go with a three um okay. my that's just my thoughts on it um but like i say it's not unenjoyable it's just I just, I don't know. Like I say, I could have, I would have structured it a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. I probably would have, I probably would have, as a collective volume, probably would have put two more issues in, yeah, to give me something more to get into. So when it ended, I was like, oh, that yeah, it? that's exactly what I said when I was done. I was like, oh man, that's ah, oh. it's like such a cliffhanger. Uh, well, I get needing to put cliffhangers in to yeah, be yeah. back, yeah, yeah, but I just think it was, it was just like it's too thin. Yes. Too thin. Yeah. Oh. I think I honestly think though that that's an indie issue, right? Like I think it's just like indie books don't have the uh, well, maybe it could be like they didn't want to wait. Look, and even know? off that, even off that, look. Yeah, because that's know, all advertisements. No, 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 no. This isn't advertisements. This is um uh like cover galleries and, oh, okay. and, and like uh, some scripts and some yeah. uh, layout layouts and all this kind of stuff. Like all the so all the like, goodies. There's like 10 pages extra of all this. So I thought that. So I oh, thought, see, I didn't have all that because I have single issues. Yeah. But anyway, um, I will leave it there with Blade Runner. You loved it. I just thought it was okay. Really <laughs> like, I would um, say, though, it's, it's one of those things where if you like cyberpunk sci fi stuff already, you yeah. love it. Like, if, I do, though. If, I do. If that's I do, your though. jam, then it, it'd be up your alley. I do though, like, but I just I don't know. I'm gonna reread it. Um, and I will read volume two, I promise. So um right, okay. So this was episode 91, as we said. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then yesterday I sat down, I was like, wow, like not many episodes left to a hundred. Yeah. It's like that's kind of weird. Like, and um <laughs> that's how math re- works. Like, no, no, but we were hoping that I'll like I remember at the beginning of the year we said how amazing would it be if we could get to episode one hundred. By the time we were both together in New York. Now, even if we hadn't have taken a break, we still wouldn't have hit 100 um, yeah. by the time we'd worked that out. And I know we did put in a bit of a break uh, for the first time ever, but we still would not have hit 100 in New York. And to be honest, we were both busy. There's no way we could have sat down and recorded music yeah. in New York. But 
even if we'd have recorded 10 minutes episode for our 100th episode, we wouldn't have had time. So anyway, yesterday I sat down and I was like, it would be cool to do something in the build-up to episode 100, something a little bit different. So this is our plan. All um, right, lay it out. So as we gear up to our 100th episode and uh, as we count down like milestone, we're going to be going to platform nine and three quarters. Uh, uh, like, do you know what it was? Don't laugh at my cheesy writing. I know, I know, I know. Like, I had to read that. Like. Uh, and we're going to review all the Harry Potter films and all the Fantastic Beasts films. And we're going to basically do every episode from here to, to 99 mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter universe. Most episodes are going to be one movie. Then episode 98 will be both parts of Harry Potter. Episode 99 will be probably a bit fatter. We're going to do all three Finding Beasts movies. Yes. But then in episode 100... Well, we're not going to tell you yet. No, no, will... no. That's a secret. It's a secret. But we have a plan. Yeah. So, but well, I love it when one. a plan comes together. Well, we haven't actually planned it yet. Like, well, we're We have the idea of what we're going to do. <laughs> so, um, but we just thought like, you know, actually, I know we generally review current-ish stuff, um, but we were like, actually, what would be cool is to have a countdown to episode 100. Yeah. So, um, and let's be honest, I like Harry Potter. You probably like Harry Potter. Yeah. We've never talked about Harry Potter on this podcast ever. No. We've never even done any of the Finding Beast movies. So how cool would it be just to, I don't know, do a focus? I love so, that you call them the Finding Beast movies. Sorry, fantastic movie. <laughs> fantastic Beast. I keep saying yeah, Finding Beast. I mean, it's Fantastic Beast and where to find them. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, just merging words together. Yeah. I keep, do you know what, though? I keep doing that Finding Beast. I get, like, literally, that's what I call them, Finding Beast movies. Uh, fantastic Beast and where to find them or whatever it's called. So. <laughs> It's really long, unnecessary titles. Yes. It's like it's like they got someone from Panic at the Disco to write the titles of their oh, films. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Or like, so. uh, well, my romance, one of the two. So um, it's unnecessary. <laughs> I don't mind the odd long title, but yeah. Well, what's unnecessary was that there are supposed to be five of them. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Anyway, let's save our views until that episode. So. <laughs> uh, right, so we will be back next week for episode 92, which will kick off with the first Harry Potter, which I have not seen for a long time. So anyway, you can follow us on social media. We are everywhere. Geeks Unleashed is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's just Geeks Unleashed. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Poppy, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. See you next week. Good journey. And good journey.